0: Hey, welcome to episode 96 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I am your host, of course, Amy.
1: And I'm your co-host, Dana. And boy, do we have a lot to tell you guys this week on the show.
0: We have a great show planned for episode 96. We are inching ever so much closer to that big 100th
1: episode. The centennial episode.
0: If you will. And today we inch closer by covering our training run, which we turned into a travel weekend as we ran the Fort Lauderdale A1A half marathon as a training run and we found a fantastic place to feature some great eats and some fantastic beer
1: and this is a brand new race for the run eat drink podcast so we're kind of starting out 2020 with a brand new race for you guys to learn about and consider for your next runcation, and they're already getting ready for the 2021 race. I've been seeing the emails in oh, yeah. our in our account, mm-hmm. um, so they're they're ready to rock for next year already.
0: Yes, and the the place that we're featuring as far as food and beverage, although there are many places we passed along the race course. American Icon Brewery has got it going on in their Fort Lauderdale location. So.
1: Yeah, and not just for their their beers, Mm-mm. but also their food game. Yeah, so we're we got gonna it all. do two birds with one stone there for sure. And then we've got some excellent listener feedback. Yes, in this week's episode to share with you guys.
0: So excited about so, that.
1: Yeah, so we are. Uh, we just got back from the race.
0: Yeah, we got back last night.
1: Yeah, we drove back after the race. Mm-hmm. And how are you feeling?
0: Uh, really, really sore and I don't know, I'm having some some issue with my foot. Ooh. It's not good. So, I'm I'm going to take it easy. I stayed off my foot today because it's just it does not feel right, and I didn't really do anything on the race
1: course I to it that I, I recall. You didn't tell me that you had any kind of a acute moment of, no. in, of owie or injury.
0: No, it just all of a sudden
1: acute moment of owie. <laughs> well, highly <laughs> yeah. technical term, <laughs>
0: right? It just it just started to feel this way today, and and uh, a little bit last night. I just I I don't know what's going on. Well,
1: we'll treat it with some rest ice compression and elevation elevation and you know take it easy and see how it goes we'll
0: see what happens because we have so much to look forward to in the next 14 days because not this weekend but next weekend we head to one of our favorite all-time favorite races the donna the donna that combines a fantastic course a fantastic weekend and our running coach as well
1: absolutely so we have a lot to look forward to, so Get you've got to do some, some self-care. Yeah, but, so stay off it for a second Aside as much from as that, can. though, you're feeling pretty good. Feeling, yeah, I mean, you—you you, just you looked good on the course.
0: Just race soreness. I don't know that you saw anything. You <laughs> left me in the dust, sir. <laughs> you did.
1: I don't know about that.
0: Yes, because you decided that this would be your race to try and see what your knee could do and you would go for a PR. And I just want to tell you publicly and on our show with all of our peeps how
1: proud I am of you. Yeah. um, I guess you could say I I accomplished the goal. Yay. Um, If I'm looking at... Runkeeper, which he's, is he's, the app. He's whipping
0: out the statistics, y'all. I,
1: I am pulling out the statistics Here we go. as we speak. Here we go. Um Runkeeper is the app that I use. A lot of people ask, you know, hey, I'm kind of a tech nerd, mm. you know, I've I've got a, a Watch or whatever that I want to use. Do you you know what do you use to track your runs? Well yeah. that's that's the answer. I use Runkeeper. I
0: love it. And that you use the free version or do you upgrade to their like insights I've and got yearly? The, I've got the yearly subscription. So you get all the stats. Yeah, yeah. I get everything. And plans.
1: So my recorded distance on Runkeeper was 13.22 miles. Mm-hmm. Average pace, again, this is going to make some people laugh, and it's for others, it's going to be an aspirational number, but for me, this was. An average pace of fourteen fifty nine per mile. I think that's incredible. Uh, total time was three hours eighteen minutes three seconds.
0: Incredible! Not, I only dream of that. I only dream of that.
1: You know, not the fastest time for a lot of people, but I had a lot of a lot of my miles were actually sub fourteen. That's incredible. And I had one mile that was sub thirteen minutes. I love
0: that. I'm. I just. I. It's very aspirational for me.
1: But I had a bit of a of a wall that I hit around mile ten, mile eleven, mm-hmm. and had to stop for a for a bit to adjust my shoe, to find a porta potty. <laughs> um, so I, I ended up burning a lot of time um, doing some of those things. And, and well, what was
0: your what were your, did you switch back and forth between intervals, or how did you set up Runkeeper for that?
1: Well, um, what I did was the first um, 15K of the race, so the mm-hmm. first 9.3 miles, I decided that I was going to do a 15-second run and a 45-second walk wow. interval. So using Galloway's method, I was just doing very short run and walk intervals. Um, had a lot of success. I was actually keeping up with the three-hour pacers for nice. for about three miles from about mile four about mile four, five, and six. Yeah. Um. Inside of that park, uh, in, in, on the race course, mm-hmm. and then after mile, like I said around mile ten or eleven, it's just kind of where I hit the wall. Yeah. And uh, I I ended up walking probably mile t- well up to up to mile ten. Then I started back, but my I could just tell that my uh. Intervals weren't as strong as they had been. Mm. And I was walking a little bit more during those. I was, I was trying to mean like your turnover
0: in your runs get slower? It, or? My
1: turnover was getting slower. I just was, was feeling the shortness of my walk interval. Like I was mm. like, man, I can't believe I'm already having to run again. Because oh. I wasn't recovering as quickly as I would have liked. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I think around mile eight, I was getting hungry. I did not. Did have you have enough, anything with you? No, no. No, I was. I. This was a, a race where I'm like I'm going to go and try for a PR, and I'm not, not going to prepare at all. Mm. I um I broke a cardinal rule and didn't carry any real nutrition with me, mm. and I relied on the race course support. Now, fortunately, mm. we knew this was a race that had been done. This was the fifteenth year of mm-hmm. the running. We've run the public's Gasparilla, Gasparilla a couple of times. So we have a pretty good idea of what to expect. Yeah. And I was pretty safe doing that. That said, I should have had a better breakfast.
0: Yeah. Should
1: have prepared a little bit better for that. Yeah. But again, you know, a lot of first world problems here for a guy who, you know, just PR. Yeah. You know, that, I haven't that's had, awesome. I haven't had a time like that since before my knee surgery. And, um, incredible. We'll see, you know, maybe I'll do it again. I don't know if it'll be Donna. I'll, I'll do another race for a PR and see if I can get yeah. below that the next time. And we
0: may be able to scare one up in March or something.
1: Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, I had a blast doing it, but I feel th- let's, let's back up a little yeah. bit and let's tell people a little bit about the whole race experience. And then we'll Indeed. get into the actual running of the race itself. Yes. So we can start with, um, the race was itself was in Fort Lauderdale. Yes. And if you tuned in on our Facebook live, there was a moment, um, because of <laughs> my, my hunger, I was having a little bit of brain fog going, where the heck am I? And it was not that I didn't know where I was at. I wasn't certain if this race was like the Donna, that it, it um, crossed jurisdictional boundaries between cities and turns out it doesn't. so, at least I don't think it does. The only law enforcement I saw were Fort Lauderdale PD. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, the race itself was in Fort Lauderdale. We lucked out and we headed over early in the morning, got checked into our hotel, and our hotel was right at the finish line. Yes. And that was the Double Tree Bahia Mar.
0: Yes, which is a Hilton property.
1: Again, not a sponsor, but we tend to, to, we like to stick to the Hilton brand hotels Mm -hmm. where possible. And the location for this one could not have been better. It was two tenths of a mile from our front door of our hotel to the finish line.
0: Hmm, And it was also really close to a stop where they had some buses that were running from the finish to, to the, the start, start, so people who had parked. And I think that our hotel actually partnered for some VIP parking.
1: They did. They At our hotel, you had the option to pay 30 bucks for VIP parking, yeah. so you could drive there in the morning, park, mm-hmm. and then hop on one of the buses to the start line.
0: Yeah. But we were staying there and by their good graces we were allowed to get a late checkout. And, yeah. And so worked out nicely. we didn't have to pay for VIP parking. Exactly. So that was really great. So that Double Tree, nice hotel, beautiful pool. Yeah. Our, just our room
1: was looking right at A one A and right mm-hmm. at the beach. It was it was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. So we were able to drop our stuff off there and then head over to the Runner's Expo, and we actually did a Instagram Live yes. from there. It was the
0: Broward County Convention Center where the expo was held.
1: Yeah, and that was about maybe 10 minutes from our hotel. Yeah. Um, we took an, a lift over there mm-hmm. and hop ran in. A really very easy, super easy It didn't easy look process. like you would
0: have to fight with parking, though, if you actually drove over.
1: No, that... that Convention Center is adjacent to the docks where all of the cruise ships come. We saw some. So they have massive parking there. Yeah. And the Convention Center is almost like an afterthought, but the Convention Center is huge too.
0: And they have a nice area for ride share, pickup, and drop off. So I think that no matter what your transportation, that it... It was, it flowed really
1: smoothly. Very much so.
0: Yeah, on the way to the expo, so.
1: So we head into the expo. It is, I think, one, two, three, four or five lanes wide as far as um, booths booths that are set up. Uh, Yeah. And then we headed to the back to go get our packet pickup Mm -hmm. and our goodie bag and our t-shirts.
0: Yes. And I really liked the race shirts, that were included in our packets. Of course, we got our bibs and we got um, a bag of goodies, but it was a different color, that yeah. race shirt. It
1: was like almost an olive drab green mm-hmm. or goldish color.
0: And you said olive and I laughed because it, one of the presenting sponsors was Colavita
1: Olive Oil. Yes, who had one of the largest booths on the floor, uh-huh. and a big presence at the end of the at the race. Mm-hmm. So
0: that I just they had a V neck for women, and they went up to two X.
1: Yes, they went up to two X for men and women.
0: Mm-hmm. And your and yours was like a round neck. Yes, standard.
1: Yeah, short sleeve. Nice wicking material. Mm -hmm. It's it's the thicker stuff that looks kind of perforated. So Mm -hmm. they've spent a little bit of money on the shirts, which was very nice to see. A lot of races are going cheaper and cheaper on the Mm -hmm. race shirts. So I think that for us to get a nice quality shirt as a result of our with our entry fee was really nice. Yeah, it
0: was a good thing for runners, a benefit for what you pay.
1: And then the expo itself.
0: The expo itself, I feel like there were several different running stores. Running Wild over over there is uh, one of their premier running stores mm-hmm. where you can get fitted for shoes and your gait analysis and you can get um, running supplies. Right, We picked up some body glide from them. If you paid attention to our or tuned in to our <laughs> Instagram live because we were out of that and needed some for the race. No chafing. We're very anti-chafing.
1: Anti-chafing, anti-throwing up, Mm -hmm. and anti-death, as Jeff likes to say. Mm
0: -hmm. No puking. Or dying. No no dying. And no chafing is our addition to that whole mantra. So... (laughs) Yeah, so there were several booths where you could get some running supplies in case you ever fly into this because I feel like it's a very much could be a destination race and you could have vacation or it could be accompanied with a cruise because that's where all those cruise ships are so
1: And talking to the people at our hotel, yeah. the majority of their of their hotel traffic is people coming mm-hmm. for a day on either end of their of their cruise mm-hmm, so to enjoy the hotel, enjoy mm-hmm. the beach, enjoy what all yes. um, the town has to offer.
0: So I feel like if you fly in and you happen to, to forget socks or um, maybe you just need something extra to, for some on-course nutrition or what have you, you can get it there.
1: Yo, oh. A lot of well-known brands and varieties. This place had a very well-stocked, very um, well-apportioned runner's expo. You literally could have lost your bag and gone, oh, no, I have nothing for running, shown up there and gotten everything you need to go run the race. True. That is
0: true. I mean, socks, compression sleeves, you name it. We got it. So, uh, and they had t-shirts for sale for a uh, swag if you wanted some kind of v-necks or tank tops that were branded for the race itself yes as well yeah. so that that was really great so the expo was really great and the course yeah the when we woke up like I said, we were maybe a block away from school buses that transported us to the start.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're two tenths of a mile from, from that spot, which mm-hmm. they were picking up at the finish line. Yeah. then they drove us basically about six miles away.
0: Yeah, and they said all in all of their massive amounts of email communication that you should try to arrive at the start by 4.30, but I think we left our hotel around 4.15, 4.20 to catch the buses. Yeah, that's about right. And so we didn't get there till more towards 5, and the race for us, for the half marathon and marathon, started 6. Yes. Yeah, the wheelchair start was 5.45, and then 6 o'clock was the official start for the rest. Yep. So. And then they had a six K that started later. So,
1: yeah, and we we got off the buses at the start line, and basically they let they let us out. We had to cross the street and mm. you go right into the area like a like a pre uh, um, a pre corral mm-hmm. corral, which had. Two rows of, of porta, porta potties, potties. So tons of porta potties for runners,
0: and then a UPS truck for
1: gear check. Two UPS trucks for gear check. Yeah, yeah, so
0: that was great.
1: And they their gear check was very quick, which we didn't do, but we were watching people do mm-hmm. it. I mean, who better to move packages from one location to the other than UPS. UPS? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, th- it was very well organized. Mm-hmm. Everything was just. Just like clockwork.
0: Yeah, and it was not not corral's stacked right next door to each other like Run Disney does. It is. One big corral that was kind, that was not sectioned off.
1: Yeah. They basically said for you to self-segregate. Mm-hmm. They, they had all of their pacing groups for the marathon and half marathon mm-hmm. all in the same co- giant corral yep. and the pacers were holding flags up mm-hmm. and they were basically telling you self-segregate and, and get in the corral where you ought to be.
0: And then they also during the time where you were making the last pit stops, doing the gear check, they had Orange Theory doing a warm up.
1: Yes, as well. And they were very good. They their their voice talent doing mm-hmm. the 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 pre game, you know, race announcing. The yeah. the guy doing the um, the warm up, very entertaining, very good, mm-hmm. um, just a, a lot of fun. Yeah. And. We get in there. We kind of get into our section of the crowd. We were yeah. going to walk even further back, and then there just came a point where it was really crowded. And it was basically, um, we're in a downtown street. We're between a parking garage to our left mm. and the Broward County, um, it wasn't a convention center. It was like an, an art like center. Performing arts Performing center. arts center. Yeah. So we're in downtown. And they have the arch with the the timer on it. Then beyond that, they had some big ladder trucks with a big American flag that hanging great. down. That was great. And this was the first we had a saxophonist doing oh, the really national great. anthem.
0: That was great. Kind of
1: a jazz flair to the national anthem. Love it was very it. interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and uh, just different. Mm-hmm. So
0: very talented saxophone player. Oh yeah,
1: my. yeah. Had some some. Lungs. I'll tell you what, yeah. So we the race starts for the wheelchairs. They go off first, then us, mm-hmm. and then the first part of the race takes you through part of downtown, very similar to yeah. Gasparilla.
0: Very similar to Gasparilla. Um, also, it had a very similar feel to the Key West half or the southernmost half because we saw a lot of the businesses in Los, on Las Olas.
1: Oh, you're skipping ahead. That was what I was going to say. The first part, once we got through the downtown area, because mm-hmm. it was kind of in between some of their their skyscrapers, yeah. then we headed into Las Olas, mm-hmm. which is their entertainment district. Yeah. And it was so reminiscent, exactly what you said, running through Key West. Yes. Because it's uh, you know just a little bit after the bar closing time that we're mm-hmm. doing this run.
0: Oh, you know what? I didn't tell you this. We were you were well way ahead of me oh, and gone, stop. and I was just I always walk my first mile as a warm up mm-hmm. because my calves are so tight for some reason. And as I was walking, we passed a pizza joint and I can't remember the name of it. I wish I did. A guy was closing up and coming out and. He, I th- I think he worked there. I think he did. He had a whole pie in his hand. He had it open and he was like, Runners, pizza. Oh, that's Runners, great. pizza. And I was like, this close to having
1: to getting pizza. Wish I'd have seen that. I'd have gotten pizza. <laughs> and
0: then some like and you and going, Guess who got pizza on the race course?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been so jealous.
0: <laughs> that was even before
1: mile one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, because that would have been a lo- near Los Olas, right?
0: Well, it's, yeah, it's the like the beginning and where you see all the businesses and some of the places that we wanted to go, but we just didn't have time enough to go to. Yeah. Because it was such a quick turnaround for us.
1: Well, there, there is such a tremendous amount of, of food and drink and entertainment there that in Fort excellent. Lauderdale. So um, it's definitely a, a, a Awesome city to go and do a run in. Yes. So we head down to Las Olas Mm -hmm. in that area. Mm -hmm. Then we kind of ended up making our way back towards what the race is named for, which is A1A. Yes. And. Beachfront Avenue. Sorry. (laughs) And (laughs) that's the only section of the race where we had anything resembling a hill. Mm. But it was a pretty good sized drawbridge. Yeah. We had to go over.
0: Yeah. And that kind of the graded top of the bridge whatever you want to call that there's i know there's an official name for there probably it probably is but, but it's it's
1: basically metal metal yeah, lattice work that, that you're can running be, on
0: that can be slick so but that was really the only hill work save maybe one other overpass
1: a small one for going over like a like a canal yeah i think and i got some great photos from that and we'll have Kay. those coming out in our social media feed sure. this week. Yeah. So it was gorgeous. And right around that time was sunrise.
0: Oh, it was beautiful at the top of the bridge. It was. And, and as you come
1: down that bridge, yeah, you're heading, the next major intersection you're coming to at the base of that bridge is A1A. Mm-hmm. And right beyond that's the Atlantic Ocean.
0: Oh, and that is, that is kind of, there was an intersection right there where the half marathoners and the marathoners, because they shared the first eight miles of the course together, mm-hmm. they go left, right by the water and start by the water. And then the 6K Susan G. Komen runners go right. Oh. There was a sign. I
1: didn't see that. Yeah. Okay.
0: So the first 5K was shared by all of those runners. Even though the 6K started later.
1: And then the 6K just veers Mm -hmm. off at A1A.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then we started to get that fantastic scenery by the water. Oh, yeah. Where it reminded me so much of the southernmost and the Key West half with that beautiful scenery and sunrise over the water. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes, yeah. the, you know, you're running down A1A. On your left is all of these beautiful uh, homes, beautiful hotels. Restaurants. Fantastic restaurants bars, and bars. Yeah. And then on the right is just, you know, sand, palm trees, and beautiful water. And the sun's mm. coming up. Yeah, yeah. What a beautiful race. And, oh, we didn't, we didn't mention the temperature. We got out uh, when we started Chorco. the race. It was fifty-four degrees. We were cold. I and was cold. a little chilly to us. And it really never got above sixty degrees mm. while we were out During on the, the race. race course. Yeah. So yeah. It was <laughs> it was chilly, but the beaches were gorgeous. The water was just You know, pristine.
0: And as as we got moving, we got warm, so we really didn't need anything like a jacket or, yeah. And there were a lot of people who were smart who had layers that they actually tossed at the start of the race, or they wore garbage bags and then they did away with those. There were
1: a lot of people wearing garbage bags. Smart. Yeah. Smart. They looked like, you know, big human-sized Capri Suns running down the road.
0: And then they lost those once they got nice and warm. So mm-hmm. that, that was good. So we had a little bit of an ocean view right there. And then once we got into the mile four, mile five territory, we veered off. It was towards that park.
1: Yeah. Uh, after mile three, there's a little loop. They take you inside of a, of a park mm-hmm. and then you do this this a uh, closed loop inside the park. Yep. Very reminiscent of the park that we do the Tampa beer run in. Yes. I mean, the, the look of it, the signage, mm-hmm. the, the, the flora and the fauna. Mm-hmm. The only difference was there's a section in there that takes you right by a bunch of waterfront homes.
0: Yeah. So that very much is like, you know, the first part of Gasparilla where Where you come on to the Davis Island and then you see the water and some of the ships and things like that as you run through. So on one side, you have that. And on the other side, you have the beautiful shaded areas in the
1: park. Yeah. Tons of shade. Yeah. Really about the only place on the race course where there really was any shade to speak of. Mm. But we didn't really have a need, a, a real need for it.
0: No, it wasn't super hot or super humid. And I know in years past, according to what I read online, that they've had, you know, years like that.
1: Oh, I'm sure. So the
0: shade would come in handy.
1: I don't even think I put my sunglasses on until I finished that loop in the park and came back out to A1A. Because you finish yep. that loop, you come back out to A1A, you yep. hang the left, and you keep going. Mm-hmm. So that's basically just a little a little offshoot that lets you bleed off roughly three miles. Yeah. And then come back out onto A1A.
0: And I really like in this race how there were so many kind of switchbacks once we got onto the the oceanfront and A1A and... We, we saw some of the runners coming back, mm-hmm. some of the fast runners coming back from the half because that, that means that they took advantage of and planned really smartly their water stops, their hydration stops.
1: Every and two miles. porta-potties.
0: Yeah, they had them like on either end.
1: Yeah. They, they basically had something every two miles mm-hmm. for runner support. Mm-hmm. And I didn't miss a beat. No. And, and on top of that, when we we're going into uh, into that park, that was actually at mile three. Um, was
0: it? It felt like later. Or l- I'm sorry. Okay, b- between whatever.
1: mile three and four. Whatever. Uh, it's probably closer to mile four. Um, you have the water stop there. Then when you do your loop through that park, you come back out and you've got that water stop again. So you're hitting mm-hmm. the same one twice.
0: Yeah, with porta potties.
1: and Very, very nice. They mm-hmm. also had um, park restrooms there as well. Yes. So a lot of people were taking advantage of those and, and using them. So plenty of opportunity there for, for restroom. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, it was, the, I think at every water stop, they had a porta potty. Yeah. Like you said. Mm-hmm. So we go back out onto A1A, you head mm-hmm. down, and you don't do, there's not even a turnaround until you get past mile eight.
0: Yeah. I felt like, God, is it ever going to happen?
1: <laughs> I know. So I, I did the same thing. Um, it, it felt like a long time. And I was like, yeah. man, that's why I was starting to think, man, are we still in the same town? Yeah, or is this crossing into a different jurisdiction? Yeah, just curious. And a lot of those beach towns—if you ever spend any time in in Florida, a lot of beach towns abut one another, and mm. the, there really is no no line of demarcation other than maybe a sign and a, and a street brief. intersection. Yeah, yeah, and you won't know until you've crossed in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you go down there, and then there's this little kind of a loop where you basically go around a block. And then you come back out onto A1A going back the other direction. Yep. And that is at the, that, that takes you past the 15K. Um, they were doing the 15K splits, and then you're heading towards mile 10 Yeah, at that point. And that's where I, right around mile 10, 11, that's where I was starting to hit the wall.
0: Well, that area was also a great little spot to show some runner support in addition to the water, in addition to... They had the Under Armour Sports Drink. Yes, Body Armour Sports Drink. Or Body Armour Sports Drink, yeah. So it... It was a great little section of the course where we saw some signage. Like there was Yoda, Run You Must.
1: <laughs> there were several groups that were doing runner support. Yeah. You had another running group, the Front Runners. That yeah. They set up their own booth, this big booth. And they were, they were basically in the middle of the street. I've never seen a runner a group do this. They set their booth up in the middle of the street. And that way they could service runners going in both directions.
0: Yeah, kind of like some of the water stops were planted. Yeah,
1: so it was very cool. Yeah, um, the the signs you were talking about. It's kind of weird the way this was laid out. I wouldn't have necessarily expected a bunch of people holding signs there, mm. but there they were. There they were, and it it was great to see the um, the Yoda sign you talked about. Mm-hmm. There were some other ones that I got photos of. just yeah. I, I was like, man. These people are really nice. And then all of a sudden I hear a voice going,
0: beer, beer,
1: want some beer.
0: I saw that, (laughs) you know, when you come down before you do the, the turn where there's a split where the marathoners have to keep going straight. And then the half marathoners kind of loop back, Uh turn back. I saw that beer stop and then you FaceTimed me. And you said, and first of all, I was like, oh, my God, when is it going to be the turnaround? And you said, hey, keep going because there's beer. There's beer. And then a little bit further down, there's
1: whiskey. Yeah. The, um, the folks from American Icon Brewery set up a beer stop.
0: Total. I didn't even know about that.
1: And they actually had food and stuff there on the tables as well. But God, I should have. Um, I didn't stop because again, I was trying you should to. Should have. Well, I mean, I stopped long enough to get a get a taster. Yeah, I know. But you know, they had like bananas, and I think they might have even had some bagels on the table. But they had yeah. nice, a nice spread there. Yeah. And a little further down, I'm jogging and doing my intervals, and I'm of course I've got my running kilt on, and I hear somebody go. Come here, we have scotch, or we have whiskey. You need you it. You need it. You're wearing a kilt. You must have it. So I had a little morning um, uh, slug of Telemore Dew. I saw that on your video that you took. <laughs> it's like, sluncha. got to go. Um, but that was kind of it. And then I had to find uh, porta potty myself, and... At that point, I was just, I was having a rough go, of it. come mile, about a mile 11, my like, last two miles, I just kind of had hit the wall. Yeah. Yeah. But you finished strong though. I tried. You pushed through. I tried. because You made it. As you head back down A1A, you go past where you initially came onto that section from that bridge and you head on down and that is our hotel is mm-hmm. on the right side of the road yeah. and the finish line is on the left. Yeah. And you've got this big inflatable public oh, arch and you're like, all oh, right. And then This I, is it. You get a good look at it and you're like, wait a minute, there isn't anybody around that thing. And there's not a pad on the floor. That's like a pre-arch.
0: And it says right underneath, you don't see this until you happen upon it. It says Celebration or glory is just steps away, something like that. That's
1: like saying you're almost there. Let me tell you something. If I had a a thing to knock this race for, was it was for the unrealistic expectations of how close the finish line is once you get to that. Because it felt like forever to get from that arch to the actual finish line. I know, but that said, um, dogs chiming in in the background. If y'all can hear them, yes. Something's outside. Something's outside. I don't know. You get through there. You kind of make your way. That gets you to mile 26 and mile 13. And then you get that last point one. And this is now they have taken you off the road and Mm -hmm. you're, well, off of A1A and you're kind of in this... parking lot area for the beach. Beaches, yes. You're you're just running down the chute and trying to get there. And then at the very end oh of the, the final part of the chute, they've got music, they've got their voice talent, they've got people on either side of the chute cheering you on. Really, really well done. Right. You get done. And then they had this huge runner's uh, pavilion party, party at the end. Yeah. And yes. they did it right.
0: Oh, they had, like, what?
1: Um, they had True bu- Moo chocolate milk.
0: Bubba Burgers?
1: Bubba Burgers had a gigantic food truck there, and they were giving away burgers.
0: Yes, just regular burgers, not cheeseburgers, but regular burgers.
1: And you could go through and get as many as you wanted. Oh, my
0: God, I should have gotten another one.
1: You could go over to the Michelob Ultra, and they had taps on the side of the truck, mm-hmm. and they were just pouring beer, and, and you know, it's for, it. for runners only. Yeah. You know, grab a beer, grab a burger, you know.
0: They had a sand sculpture of a turtle.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sand sculpture was gorgeous. We got our photo taken with that. Yeah. Um, and they had a bunch of other stuff there, too. I mean, they had live music. Mm-hmm. They had, um, Colavita was there. Again, you could get bread and dunk it in, um, olive, in olive oil, oil and, and eat that. Yeah, And in fact, in your runner goodie bag, they gave you a free samples of Vita olive oil. Oh, yeah. So it was a really nice runner's. Runner's party at the end, I thought.
0: Yeah, and they had some live music. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so, and the medal. We haven't talked about the medal.
1: The medal is pretty awesome, I think.
0: Yeah, because it's the 15th year of the race, so it had a big 15-year hanging off of it. And it was a turtle. And when we hunted around and scoured social media to do research about this event, like, you know, what the course time limit is and what the metal looks like, et cetera, we, we saw a little baby turtle. A little baby turtle, and it looked it looked small.
1: Yeah, it didn't look like it was that big of a metal, but it looked like a very nicely done metal.
0: Yeah, and I'm telling you, this thing was huge.
1: Yeah, this is like hanging a, um, a hubcap around your neck. Yeah, it it's was big.
0: Yeah, it was really, it was a golden turtle with a 15 years hanging off of
1: it. And the 15 flips back on the backside of the metal and will stick there with a magnet. Mm. Maybe we'll show people the metal on social media later yeah. this week too. Just kind of give them a little up close of it. Yeah. But nicely done. The 15 is like stained glass. The, there's a little sand portion on the metal that yeah. I think they actually used sand that they put under epoxy.
0: Oh, because it looked like glitter.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I think they did a really good job with this metal. Yeah. So I was very happy to with the the bling.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that said, with everything that we've talked about, I would absolutely do this race again. the The marathon course is open for six hours, from six a.m. to Mm -hmm. twelve to noon. So we were back at our hotel, and we still saw people. Crossing and the half marathon had the same six hour limit.
1: We were back at our hotel packing to leave and pulling out of the driveway when we saw people still crossing, still
0: finishing. So,
1: I mean, we were done. Well, we were done by 10 o'clock. Yeah. So I got done and then I went over to the shoot and I texted Amy and I said, I'll be on the left side of the shoot cheering you on. And then a few minutes later, here she comes. Yeah. So all in all, I mean I think it was a it was a fantastic time.
0: Yeah, it was a good race. I
1: agree I would do this one again. Sure. And I think that there's just so much for the towns, the beach, mm-hmm. the the it's not just um it, it's it's not just this specific area of Fort Lauderdale. If you're in Fort Lauderdale, you're just a stone's throw away from Boca Raton, your stone's throw away from Miami. Mm-hmm. If you're coming down here for vacation, yeah. you've got a lot of options, especially if you're going to stay for several days.
0: Yeah. And even in Fort Lauderdale, if you didn't go to Boca, if you didn't go to Miami, if you didn't plan on going anywhere, <laughs> you could run this race and you could celebrate in lots of places around Fort Lauderdale.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, no, uh, and never repeat mm-hmm. a place. And
0: have a really nice hotel to relax. Post-race. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And there certainly are no shortage of great hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, we were fortunate to find the one that we did. Sure. And we were also fortunate to find a fantastic place for our food, which is oh. what I want to talk about now. Because,
0: American Icon
1: Brewery. You know, last week we talked a lot about our plant-based eating six yes. days a week. And we talked about doing that so that we could enjoy our day seven. Well, yesterday was day seven,
0: and boy, did we enjoy American Icon Brewery and at, at their Fort Lauderdale location because they
1: brew in Vero Beach. If they brew in Vero Beach. They they truck in their own beers mm-hmm. to that location. So where we went was was not the brewery. It was their tap room. It was
0: their tap room. Yeah, if you ever find them in Vero Beach. That's where they brew. And then they also have a tap room there.
1: And you were showing me the website Mm there. Their Vero Beach location is in a historic building. Yes. It's an old diesel power plant Mm -hmm. that they've restored. Well, not restored to a power plant, but they've kept some of the old hardware as as centerpieces. And they've embraced what this old building used to be.
0: Yeah. Vero Beach Diesel Power Plant. Municipal Power Plant. And that was in nineteen twenty six, hence the name of their one of their beers that we had. Yeah. And there are some like older pictures around the tap room where we were, and then there are old some older pictures on the website showing some of the older equipment that they actually kept as a centerpiece. I think that's amazing. So yeah, it has some historical significance and
1: I like that kind of stuff.
0: It's cool. Yeah. Very cool.
1: So, but we we went there because they have also some really awesome offerings in their kitchen. We mm. started looking at their at their menu and going, "Ooh, that looks good. Ooh, that looks good." Mm-hmm. So we get there, and our beer tender she goes, "Oh, you were looking at a burger. You need to try this one." And they had a special. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. So they do their burgers these half. Pound monstrosities of a burger. Well, mine and they'll do them cooked to order, so mm. they are to your cook temperature. So when I said medium rare, they didn't balk at that. And she said, uh, this burger is topped with our signature um, macaroni and cheese that we have turned into a patty, mm-hmm. <laughs> breaded and fried. Awesome. So. I had this, what looked like a double burger. It show did. Up, it did. But one of the patties was made out of their mac and cheese. That was oh fried. my gosh.
0: Oh my gosh. And then, of
1: course, topped with the, the greenery that you would normally expect. And then they drizzled that with their beer cheese. Oh. And their Chipotle Ranch. Oh, yum. On the burger. So, I had macaroni and cheese that was made better by frying, then topped with more cheese made better with beer, Mm. then topped with Chipotle ranch to give you some spice and some tart
0: and it was a hearty bun also to hold up to all of those ingredients I think it
1: was a brioche bun
0: that looked really solid
1: it was it, there I have no complaints about this burger yeah let me tell you this was one of the top 10 burgers I've had since we've done this podcast
0: wow yeah
1: yeah I would hold them up against say post I
0: knew you were gonna say that I knew
1: it yeah they were they were right there neck and neck <sighs> Yeah, um, fantastic. the The meat was juicy. They they seasoned it before grilling. Uh, you know, it was it, it was absolutely just just perfectly done. And yeah. of course, you get a pickle spear on the side. Okay. I wanted onion rings on the side. Those Since are I, they were awesome. Their onion rings were great. They oh. also, I think, they were like a panko breading on the onion rings. It seemed like it. And they gave you another side of that Chipotle ranch to dunk yep. your your onion rings in. Yep. And that Chipotle ranch was killer. Oh, my God. Absolutely killer. Yeah. So I had an itch for, for meat.
0: I mean, you let me try some of that, and I'm just going to tell you all of Wasn't your... was it great? Your burger was incredible. Your onion rings were incredible. And that ranch, oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But... Your choice. I had no slouch of an entree. I was looking at and almost got myself. And in fact, I said, "If you don't get the, if I said, if you don't get this, but you get a burger, then I'm going to get what you're going to talk about."
0: Oh yeah. So I got what they call the backyard beer brat, which was a char grilled. Brave World Belgian White Marinated, which is their own beer, marinated brat topped with caramelized onions and house-made 1926 Hefeweizen sauerkraut and served with sauces on the side. The American Icon Factory Pilsner Beer Cheese and Icon IPA Stone Ground Mustard. And then on the side I had the mac and cheese before it became a patty, but it had bacon. And I got all of that for 13 bucks. And wow. I'm gonna tell you, listen, I the the roll it came on was sturdy to hold up to that brat. And that brat had just, you know. When you bite into it and you just, you get kind of that pop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That texture, like you know that it was made. Oh. When, uh, it, when it, uh,
1: it hit a grill or a griddle as opposed to just being boiled.
0: Yeah. So it, I mean, it was tender on the inside and it had the snap on the outside. And then the bun, the, the roll just held up to... The caramelized onions that added the sweetness, and then the sauerkraut, which was just tangy and and so delicious. But it
1: wasn't like a bag sauerkraut you'd get from the grocery store.
0: No, because it was almost. I mean, it was kind of. It's not a bad thing to say it was hard to tell the kraut and the onions apart sometimes, Mm -hmm. because they were just. I mean,
1: bigger pieces of cabbage. House
0: made. Yeah, so you could tell. And then i that was all before I had put any kind of mustard or beer cheese. And I'm going to tell you right now, the beer cheese also comes with the pretzel, which is an appetizer.
1: Which was huge. Which
0: was huge that we saw on other tables. And I'm telling you, yeah, just anything that comes with that beer cheese. Just, just or, get it. Or just get the beer cheese and drink it. <laughs> That's... All I'm saying, just it. This I mean, episode
1: brought to you by the American Heart Association. I, d- I know, kidding. No, I know, no. But it
0: was so good. Come on, you talked about that Chipotle Ranch.
1: Oh, look, everything that was on your your brat uh, oh. was speaking my language. You oh. know that I love Belgians, so the fact that they marinated this brat in a Belgian first, oh, that that spoke to me. The fact that they they used their 1926 Hefeweizen and the sauerkraut was so ingenious. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they had their Pilsner in the beer cheese, and then they had their IPA in the mustard.
0: All of it. And then they also on their menu had beer pairings for each entree, and I got the 1926 Hefeweizen, which was recommended with it. I just think that... Uh, their beer is all through and just complements those entrees.
1: They spent a lot of time, almost like they they had a Cicerone, sit down with them and really work on the, the food and beer pairings. Oh God,
0: maybe they even have one on staff. Who knows? We Because uh, we didn't really dig in to to find out. We just didn't have enough time. No, we didn't have time. But we didn't have enough time.
1: We dug into the food though.
0: But we dug into the food, and I am telling you, that brought I. <laughs> uh, She's got this a, dreamy look I on her face as we're recording here. Well, that, so in that cheese, and I'm telling you, the mac and cheese with the bacon, yeah, uh, like a cavatappi type of pasta.
1: Yeah, the the it was nice seeing it not in that mm-hmm. uh, pressed. Um, patty format like I had it. Mm. What a hearty mac and cheese they make! Oh yeah, I mean very hearty, very hearty. And your side was enormous.
0: Yeah, it was huge. It was
1: easily a cup and a half.
0: Yeah, I was. I mean, and it had like a crunchy cheese topping on it. So like you could tell from the lattice, almost it yeah. was like a, almost like a lattice of of cheese crunchified topping. Oh, they
1: they sprinkled it and then they threw it under a salamander oh my gosh. to crisp that up. That that looked killer.
0: Yeah, it was dynamite. I would go again. I want to get that pretzel with the mustard and the beer cheese. And they are right beside train tracks.
1: Yes. Oh yeah, we learned this. Yeah. So every time the train goes by, they the the bartender rings the bell mm-hmm. and while the train is passing, shots are 50% off.
0: Yes, but we had to have the beer.
1: Yeah, we were there for the beer. We were there for the beer. So, so. but s- nice thing to see. Also, let's talk about the space for a second. Oh. They did such a phenomenal job on that space. Everything in there, it, and there's a lot of Americana wrapped mm-hmm. up in this, yeah. in, in their design language. Yes, they have photos on the wall of their original Vero Beach location, mm-hmm. but their tap handles are all in the shape. They look, they look like the arm of the Statue of Liberty yes. holding the torch. Yes. And then there's just a flag on, the, on the, each tap handle that gives you the name of the beer. Yeah. Um, but on the wall, they have this beautiful mural of the American flag, and mm-hmm. I think the, uh, the uh, Statue of Liberty. Yes. They have their own logo done, I think, in metalwork.
0: It was on beautiful. One wall that
1: was gorgeous, yep. um, just fantastic. And talking with one of the managers there for a little bit, she was letting us know they actually won an award, I think, last year for the design of the of the place.
0: And and, and I could see why. Well, this this location had only been open since March.
1: Okay, then that That's, then they won it in March. So or, whatever or whatever this, award earlier this year? Yeah, whatever no, that would have been last year, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah. So that is, it's, it's incredible to think that they had that location for such a short amount of time and they, such thoughts, such heart, such, it just was a great location.
1: Yeah. And tons of seating. They have. Indoor and outdoor. Indoor and outdoor. High tops, booths, and a lot of bar seating as well. Mm -hmm. So you really, no matter how you wanted to sit and enjoy yourself, you absolutely could. Yeah. And you'd be comfortable doing it. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And why wouldn't you have one of their original beers while you're doing so?
1: Well, it, it's only the right thing to do if you're going to be there.
0: You have a delicious meal. Why not compliment it with one of their original beers? And they have tons of beer.
1: Yeah, they, they have a lot of rotating taps, mm-hmm. and then they have their core beers as mm-hmm. well. Yes. And we came at a time where a lot of their rotating taps were had run out and they were waiting on a shipment of of them to come back in. Great problem to have. It is a great problem <laughs> to have. But they they did have plenty still out to offer us yes. while we were there. So Yes. What did you start out
0: with? I started out with a seven dollar beer, which was the American Hero uh Northeast Pale Ale. Ooh. Yeah the and EPA, which is 4.7% ABV and 25 IBU.
1: That's low IBU for a pale ale.
0: Mm-hmm. And on the menu, the description said brewed lo- with locally sourced hops grown by veterans. This juicy style pale ale is very special. Loaded with bright citru- citrusy aromas, juicy hop flavor balanced by a lighter body and a smooth finish. So that's what the description on the website or, and on their menu mm-hmm. says. But I thought it was lightly carbonated, had a nice yellow color, had a nice kind of goldenish, but but not too. It was not like a an, a golden Belgian color. It was a little bit lighter than that, and it it really wasn't overly hoppy or bitter. It had a nice citrus flavor, was very refreshing.
1: So would you say that their what they wrote in their menu was accurate?
0: Yeah, I say that is a great description. I don't know that I got an overwhelming sense of hops that took away from the citrus. It was, I, I just, I really liked it. It was refreshing. It was lower ABV, so it would be really great on a hot day. Oh, yeah. So... I I enjoyed that, and I liked that it was called the American Hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a sucker for creative names.
1: Well, they did have a lot of very creative names.
0: Yeah. So, what did you start with, or?
1: Well, I started with one that we've we've mentioned before in the food segment, and that is their 1926 Heffaluyson, and for six dollars uh, for a pint. This was at 5.4% ABV and even lower on the IBU scale. They have it at 16. Yeah. And they talk about this being having a pleasant fruity aroma of banana, followed by a smooth medium body of wheat and malt and slight earthy clove spice to balance. And I couldn't agree more. This had everything that you would like with, a, like, a, like, a, a Belgian Hefeweizen, Mm -hmm. Um, you just had all of those banana and clove spice flavors that you would want. I think this had... Oh, let me see. I have some some tasting notes here. Uh,
0: I thought it was a little heavier bodied than the... American hero that I had.
1: Yep. And I even wrote, I wrote in here that this was more of a medium body. Yeah. But I the flavor was just so good and not bitter at all.
0: Because this is the one I chose to have with my meal. And then I had the American hero prior to while we were waiting for the meal. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, 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 yeah, that's what I thought about. A, slighter, a slightly heavier body, but. I really liked it, and I thought their description was right on. It reminded me a little bit of a Hoagarden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flavors. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: That's uh, that's the similar style. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you had that one as well.
0: I did with my meal.
1: Well, then I closed out our session there with something called their light my fryer belgian quad if i see a belgian strong ale or a belgian quad on a menu i'm usually probably going to check that one out belgians and, and I, I wasn't disappointed here belgium man belgium sorry man. <laughs> sorry um <laughs> this is nine dollars for a pint it is 10% ABV and 40 IBU. So it it climbs up a good bit higher on the IBU, that International Bitterness Unit Scale. Uh-huh. Yes. But um, this had been aged in bourbon barrels. Yay! And they used a wild yeast called Brett. Um, and this their description for this one is... I think really pretty good, which is, um, it says aged in bourbon barrels with Brettanomyces, a wild yeast. It has a deep ruby color and is very full flavored. Could not be more accurate than that. Mm. You know, you've got that, some of that, um, that banana and clove type flavors, but then it's just deepened with caramel and vanilla and almost uh, warming spices. It's just, this was a great cold weather beer. Yeah. And at 10% ABV, it's a great way to finish off. A meal. A meal mm. and have that as the your last thing as you're heading out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I finished my meal with something that was really great. I thought yours was tasty as well. I thought yours was tasty as well. I finished off with the Double Red Ale which was 8% and uh ABV and 30 IBU. Okay. And it was it was a red color, but it was like a like a darker sunset red like there was some see-through in that in In that glass. And the description is a full-bodied red ale with a smooth, malty character of rich caramel and roasted nuts. A lighter bitterness to balance makes this a hearty ale, extremely smooth and warming for the colder winter months. So So you work with a a
1: winter beer, too.
0: Yeah, so this, I think, is nice on a cold day. Caramel, very malt-forward, and it wasn't really a heavier body, even though it was eight percent. Okay, it, I th- I think the description they have is they're really great at their descriptions on their menu.
1: Like I said, I think they spent some time with with a um, their chef and with a cicerone to really nail these down. I think they did a great job.
0: I don't I I don't know what they did, but they've got it right. And I would have any one of the beers that we had in this segment right here that we're talking about, I would have them again, and I would have not just a flight, I would have a pint. And what I liked about our beer tender is she said, you know, I would rather you try a bunch and settle on one that you would really like than order a pint and send it back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So She had a good outlook.
0: Yeah, she had a great outlook. So highly recommend their stable of beers.
1: Yeah, and I would love to get back to this place and mm-hmm. try some of the other ones that they were out of, some of their rotational mm-hmm. taps. Yes. Because rotational taps are just that. They're on rotation, so they're not yep. always going to be there. So it'd be nice to make sure that we uh, we get another chance to, to check them out and check those beers out.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that does it for our trip to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah.
1: Hopefully, if you are looking at doing a race in South Florida, the... Publix A1A Half Marathon or Marathon Weekend is going to be something that's on your radar. And if you are doing it, our suggestions for food and beverage will be something that you'll consider trying as well. We don't think you're going to be disappointed. Mm,
0: Really? Yes. So next week, we have our final training runs ahead of the Donna Marathon Weekend, one of our favorite weekends of the year. Absolutely. Can't wait. And while that closes out our content for this week and we're looking ahead to our final training runs ahead of Jacksonville, we happened upon some great listener feedback we received from our last episode when we shared our story and it's absolutely amazing to receive feedback from listeners and to know that we have an
1: impact. We're, we think that we're lucky that you guys want to tune in once a week and listen to us at all. So lucky. For entertainment. Yeah. The notion that we actually helped somebody um, was really very touching. And yes. listener Wendell sent us the following email, and we wanted to share his story because it inspired us as well. Yes. And this is with Wendell's permission.
0: This is with Wendell's permission. Wendell sent us the following email. I was in need of some inspiration And it was right on time. It was good to hear your stories. I'm sure some of the things you shared may not have been the easiest to share, but I wanted to let you know that it was what I needed to hear. Since you shared your stories with me, I thought I would share mine with you. I've been a little down since last weekend. I DNF'd, did not finish, the full in Disney. Disney. I kind of knew I wasn't ready to attack the full, but I had registered and paid for it, so I was going to try it. Wendell, we've been there. Anyway, I got to meet the balloon ladies and walked a few miles with them. They couldn't be nicer. Even though I thought I might not finish, it was still a blow to my ego. Back in 2007 and 2008, I completed the Goofy Challenge two years in a row. Back then, I weighed in at 220 pounds. That's the first picture I attached to the email. Then fast forward to 2018. That's the second picture at 475 pounds. How'd that happen? I took the picture my first day back at the gym. That day I was only able to walk three minutes on the treadmill. The third picture was taken January 20th, 2020 yesterday, 110 pounds lighter. I'm still at 365, 365 pounds, but heading in the right direction. And even though I didn't finish the marathon in Disney last weekend, I did complete 10 plus miles. Not bad for someone two years earlier that could only walk three minutes on a treadmill. I've still got a long way to go to my goal weight of 220 pounds, only 145 more pounds. But I'm getting there day by day, and your podcast is helping me get there. I just wanted to say
1: thank you. And Wendell, we thank you for listening and for sharing your story with us and letting us share it with everybody else that's listening in the Runcation Nation. I mean, that's what this is all about. We love talking about the partying and the food and the drink afterwards, but it's really about, you know, supporting each other and helping one another achieve these goals. Because, you know, the exploring and indulging only comes after the accomplishing. Yes. And we want to help. Everybody out there that's listening, accomplish that goal so they can get to the party at the end.
0: Yeah, and like we said, you know, it's it's about a moderation, and we're the first ones to say we've let it in the past get out of control and had to get back down and and to create a plan that's going to work for us, and that it it just rang so true. Absolutely, the whole. Struggle in the story. And I know we're not alone. He's not alone. Many people in the Runcation Nation are have similar struggles. So we thank you for sharing that with us and for letting us know that we made a positive impact.
1: And... Yeah, that means more to us than than you'll ever realize. So thank you, Wendell.
0: Yes. And... If anybody else out there has been impacted in a positive way by our show a great way that all of you can help us is to head on over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and review.
1: Just doing that helps us get discovered mm-hmm. uh, the algorithms that they use share podcasts that have more ratings and reviews. So it's, we don't want to get lost in the shuffle of all the awesome podcasts that are out there. So if you'll spend a couple of minutes, head over there, give us a rating and review. That helps us stand out in the crowd.
0: Yes. The more recent reviews we have, the better. So anybody that's willing to do that, we sincerely appreciate it. And we appreciate the listener feedback by email or by voicemail. So if you want to share any kind of feedback or you want to share a race or a place to eat or drink in your hometown where we should go.
1: Or your story.
0: Or to share your story with us, leave us a one minute message with your name, where you're from, what you want to share. And you can email that as an attachment to info at runeatdrink.net. That's info at runeatdrink.net. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 941. 677-2733. That's 941-677-2733.
1: Or info at runnydrink.net.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in this week and for listening on your commute, your long run. We hope you have an outstanding week. For now, it's Amy and Dana. Hey, we will talk to you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at run, eat, drink Podcast, And on Twitter, we're at runeatdrinkpod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.